Hey, welcome to the Push Pull Sales and Marketing Podcast. I'm Marcella. And I'm Sherry. And each week we'll provide you with sales and marketing strategies that you can implement immediately into your own business. This week we're going to be talking about interviewing. Um, we're going to be talking about it from the perspective of a potential employee that is looking for a job um, in the sales realm or somebody who is looking to hire a new sales rep, um, which Marcello has been doing lately. He is a sales manager at his company, and they're looking to hire a couple good sales reps. So he's been going through the process and is here to give a couple good strategies um, to make sure that you get the job or to make sure that you hire the right person for your company. We're going to talk about um, preparation kind of stuff. So resumes and reaching out initially and cover letters and what companies are looking for. And we're going to talk about interview questions, um, some interview questions that employers should be asking to get real answers um, and things that potential employees should be considering and prepared for in case they're interviewed by Marcello and get thrown a curveball. They're, um, they're never going to be prepared. <laughs> and we're also going to talk about the follow-up stuff because there's been situations where someone might have a good interview and they're a potential candidate and they end up ruining it in the aftermath of the interview and never getting that job offer. Um, oh, I have some horror stories. Yep. So we'll we'll fill you in with some things of what to do, what not to do. And we'll start off with how to prepare. Uh, first off, when you're applying for a job, you should, or, or really looking for a career, it's not really, it's more than a job, uh, you need to apply for something that's actually relevant to you. Uh, one of the easiest ways to be disqualified before it's even time is to, is to apply uh, for every single job on the website. So if I see someone applied for a customer service and they also applied for inside sales and they also applied for international customer service, this person is sending out mass emails, is not mass emails, sending out mass resumes. If you can click a mixed messages and you know that they're just looking for something. They don't care about your business or that role or that career. They're just desperate for a job and even if you are desperate for a job just apply to one thing the company you know if they feel like you'd be a better fit somewhere else within the company that's up to them to say you know what maybe i'd like you for this role instead yeah ab ab absolutely and sometimes that'll happen someone will apply for one job and they'll just be a better fit and we'll let them we'll let them look at at the other actual at the other actual position but that's one thing that's really frustrating especially with uh, Monster and Career Builder and all and all those sites you can apply in one click, which is good to help you save time when you're really trying to find the next career path. But in the same token, as an employer, uh, it's it's really really frustrating um, to see someone that that's basically applying for every sort of position we have. Um, in terms of preparation in your resume and really have your resume stand out, uh, you really want to have specifics. What did you actually do for the company? Um, if you're applying for a sales role, you really should say more than, I made cold calls, I did presentations, I closed new business, and uh, I transitioned and I dealt with the customer service team. That's not really specific. Uh, if that was your previous job, I would expect at minimum you did those things. So if your previous job responsibility was to, to call new people, 
then that doesn't really provide anything of value for me. That doesn't really separate you. So uh, how specific do you want them to get? I mean, do you want, this is the number of calls that I average per day. This is the amount of people that I close. This is the amount of business that I brought in. Um, that's, that's actually a very good question. It really would, and it always depends. It really would depend on, on the industry. So if, if I'm looking for something that's maybe more uh, relationship-based, I might not need someone that can hammer out 200 calls in a day. Uh, I'd much rather have them maybe make 30 calls a day and have, you know, more quality conversations. But that, but th- but those specifics do help depending on the title. Sure. So it kind of depends. I mean, they need to personalize it for you and for the company um, that goes along with not sending out the mass emails. Each resume, each application needs to be catered to the specifics of the job that you're applying for. Yes. Um, it never hurts in terms of specifics in telling uh, actual results. So if you were the rookie of the year, if you exceeded quota every single every single quarter, uh, I would I would expect to see that on on the actual uh, resume. Uh, one thing to, to be aware of though is if you do put that you exceeded quota in uh, fiscal year 9, fiscal year 10, 11, 12, and you've been there for the past three years, and I don't see that you've exceeded quota the last three years, I will ask that question, and I will say, hey, what exactly happened here? Um, you should have a explanation right away or be prepared uh, to deal with any sort of gaps in employment. Um, I know some people, if something was irrelevant or they found the wrong position, they leave it off the resume, but some people might actually... Use they might actually use that against them to actually to be dis, to be disqualified. So if you do have it on the resume, be prepared to explain it right away. If it's not on the resume, be prepared to explain it right away because it will because it will come up. So do you recommend that people put those odd jobs on the resume? Not necessarily. If you're applying for a sales job and you might have spent three months and you didn't find the the right the right option, that's okay. But if you were um, if you were at two or three different places and there was maybe a six-month lull in employment or something like that, or the odd jobs, and you did two or three things. It's not. It's not really worth it. I would. I would. I would caution against against putting against putting that in there unless unless you gain some sort of valuable experience. Right. Um, or if you do, you can even put an actual explanation. You know, company closed. I switched to them. They declared bankruptcy. You know, it was a it was a bad fit or something like that. Or these people were acquired, and uh, and th- and that's pretty much what happened. Because all of that information is valuable, too. You know, if you learn something, even if it was, I learned that I hated that industry, I learned that that wasn't a great fit for me, I learned, you know, that I didn't respond well to that management style, all of those things um, are valuable for a potential employer, and hopefully where you're interviewing or where you're applying is going to fit your strengths and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you definitely want to. You definitely want to go with toward toward where you're stronger. Uh, and this goes pretty much without saying. It's not just for a sales job. Google the company. Look at the company's website. If there's a news article about them, uh, you should know about that. Um, and if you are going to bring something up about the company's website or something that you saw in the news, make sure it's right. Um, that's one of the 
probably the most frustrating things is someone will say, "Oh yeah, I saw this. Uh, I saw this on on your website here, and uh, you have like uh, 20 drivers. That's great." Um, my company doesn't have any drivers. We're we're a third party logistics company, so we don't we don't have any drivers. So when you say something like that off the bat, it really doesn't matter if you were the top sales rep. Uh, in your company out of 3,000 employees. At that point, you didn't do your homework. You're disqualified. Especially when you're applying for a sales job where first impressions do matter for all of the customers and you do need to do your research before you go into that company. Um, You know, if you're sending them out on sales calls, you don't want them giving the customer wrong information. You don't want them telling the customer things that you know that make it very clear that they didn't prepare. Mm-hmm. And uh, last thing in terms of preparation uh, is to is to really know what's what are the basic questions. I mean, if if you know you're going to be asked what are you good at, what areas can you improve upon, all that good stuff. So you should really just go through the questions that you were commonly asked. Maybe a hard question uh, you were asked before you to to be uh, to be aware of that. And to get rid of any sort of uh, preconceived notions or any sort of negativity you might have had from a previous interview that that, that maybe didn't go the right way. Uh, you could have been interviewing for, for months and maybe you were told you're overqualified, uh, you know, it's not really right fit, uh, or, you know, I'm not able to match a salary or something like that. Uh, when you have that sort of when you have that sort of negativity or that sort of built-in uh, preconception, it shows right away. Um, so are they supposed to give themselves pep talks in the mirror before they come in? I would. I would. <laughs> Gosh I would, darn it, people like me. Exactly. Um, I would also watch like, like the like the like like the Shia motivates videos. <laughs> those those ones are those ones are really good. Do it. Exactly. Just do it. Yesterday you said tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, so just do it now. That's a, that's a plug. That's <laughs> go, a plug. Go YouTube it. <laughs> you can go to YouTube and just look up Shy S H I A motivates and their and their wonderful videos. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much what you need to do uh, up front uh, when it comes to the actual interview day. Uh, have your resume handy, uh, even even if it, even if you emailed it to them. Uh, that's an, something I do real quick to disqualify people. Say, hey, do you copy? Have a copy of your resume. If they don't. And I have eight other people coming in that day. You didn't bring yours. That kind of tells me the whole attention to detail. Uh, have a suit. Have a tie. I, I don't like hearing excuses. Oh, well, my printer didn't work this morning. Um, I would never walk into a client and say that. Oh, I'd, I'd have your proposal, but but my printer wasn't working. So uh, sorry about that. Um, so yeah, you should look sharp. You should look professional, and uh, your posture should should be accordingly. So just basic things. Um, shouldn't be too aloof. You don't really want to lean back in the chair too much and make yourself make yourself comfortable. You, if, if anything, um, you do want to make a good impression, but err on the side of professionalism versus maybe being uh, too personable, especially when it comes to sales, because you're you're the voice you're the voice of the company. If you're uh, personable and you're happy and all that stuff, that is going to show, even if you are uh, quote unquote more more and more professional. Yeah, more a little more reserved. Um, and Reserve, that's a, the right word. Very good. <laughs> there's a difference between the confidence and arrogance, too. You know, of course, you want to go into the interview confident in yourself. But 
you want to give off a sense of respect for the person that's going to be your boss and going to be interviewing you. And, you know, just no matter what your experience was in the past, any company that you're going to be walking into, they know more about their company than you do at that point um, in that particular sales role. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're not going to want to walk in acting like you know everything about the sales industry because each industry is a little bit different. Exactly. Yeah. Every, every company has, has, has a unique value proposition and they have different ways of selling and different ways that, that, that they're going to want to work. Um, you should really treat the first interview as, as sort of like, sort of like a first date. It's really just fact finding on both parts. You really need to see if it really is going to be a, if it really is going to be a good fit, uh, both ways. Um, you might, have a little bit more uh, selling yourself at the end, but in the beginning, just really be open and really be honest and, and answer the questions uh, as, as best as you can without without really um, trying to spin it the best way or to see how I can how, yeah. how how can I how can I how can I best answer this to to see exactly what he's looking for because what Ev- you everybody can see through that by this point too. I mean, you can tell when someone's giving you an honest answer and when someone's trying to hide the actual truth behind something that they think might sound a little better. Oh yeah. Um, classic example of that. And this really drives me crazy by the way. So if I interview you at any point and you do this, don't do it. Um, if I ask you, what can you work upon? No one's perfect. Basically I'm saying, what are your weaknesses? Uh, and you go, Oh, hmm, I don't know. Weaknesses. I'm awesome. Uh, you know what? I think my three weaknesses are is I care too much. I I, I probably work too hard. And um, no, that's it. I just I care too much and I and, and, and I work too hard. And sometimes I beat myself up if I if I get sick ever. Um, it's BS. I don't. Th- Have you had people tell that to you? Uh, the first two, yes, uh, about getting sick or something. Like, yeah, basically they're saying I, I I work too much and sometimes I don't really have a good balance or anything like that. That, that it's not it's not really an answer. Uh, what I'd like to know is, do you actually know your weaknesses? Do you know where you can improve upon, or did you address anything uh, in the past? Uh, that question I'm gonna ask a couple different ways. Um, you know, I might ask, you know, hey, did you have formal evaluations? Great. What areas of improvement were communicated to you? And I'll, I'll say, look, open. No one's perfect. Uh, so I give them freedom to kind of be honest with me. I, I mean, I always want them, they're always, they're always free to be honest with me. And, and that's that's always what I'm looking for. Well, and I like that question too, in that um, asking what kind of feedback have you gotten in the past? What have people asked you to work on in prior roles? Exactly, exactly. Um, you want to be prepared to uh, just run down your resume and go through sequentially. Um, the first question I ask, and I normally get the hard questions out of the way whenever I interview someone, uh, is this, I will ask them, okay, so I see you've been with the company. Let's just say, let's say they've only been with the company less than a year. So you've been with them less than a year. Why are you looking? Um, you know, so really have a good answer, really, really be able to elaborate. And if you're playing the blame game, well, you know, there's new management and stuff like that. So, well, you know, no, I don't know. Um, that very well could be you were let go. It could be you're not happy with the new manager. You don't want to make me guess. If you were let go, there were change in management, be honest. 
if uh, you just weren't happy with the new management style or maybe or maybe you weren't treated properly, find a nice way pretty much to say that and say, hey, the direction of the company had changed and it just it just wasn't a fit, so I decided to I decided to move on. Don't say well, there just was new management. That's not really a good answer. And the point of all of this, too, is that you should be considering these kind of questions before you go into the interview. You should be considering where can I improve? How am I going to improve? Where have I failed in the past? How have I learned from that? And, you know, why am I leaving? And how can I make it sound like I'm not completely complaining, but also be honest about your reasons? Yeah, um, uh, commute isn't really a, isn't really a good answer. If you just applied because because I'm kind of close to your house, that's not that's not really that's not really a good answer. Um, another common question I'll ask, and I I'll ask I'll ask, and we'll cover this in another uh, another podcast, is the magic wand question. Uh, and really, what I'll do is I'll ask the I'll ask the prospective employee. And if you're hiring people, I definitely recommend you ask this question. Basically, you say, okay, let's just say this hypothetically. Uh, magic wand. You're working for the perfect company. Not necessarily what you're going to be doing on a day-to-day basis, but just the company itself. What are you looking for in a company? And typically within the first minute or two, and the first thing that actually comes out of that person's mouth is what they're actually looking for, what problems that that, that, that they're actually having in their current company. So I normally get the truth out of them that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, The follow-up question I ask, and this is to see if anyone's paying attention to the question, I say, now, not necessarily the company itself, but you. If you have the perfect role, if you have the perfect job, what do you envision doing on a daily basis? What do you envision doing on a weekly basis? If you don't have any idea what you're going to be doing, or if you answer what you're going to be doing instead of the company uh, at that point in the first question, I'm going to get really frustrated. Again, I separate it. What do you look for in the company, and what do you look for in the job? If you can't answer the first question properly, and I ask you the second question and you answer only that I'm I'm kind of get I'm kind of going to get frustrated. Marcello is very tough. I would not want to go in and have to interview with Marcello. Oh yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a little bit it's a little bit of a psychological warfare uh, out there, but really selling selling is not is not an easy is not an easy. Well, and that's the position. thing, you're hiring for a sales role where these people are going to be going in and going in with strangers and having to present themselves well, having to battle the nerves and present the information in a cohesive way. So you need someone that can do well in that same situation, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, kind of a benefit to the interview process when you're interviewing for a sales role because it does mimic sales calls to some extent. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you as a, as a as a potential candidate, you want to find out more about the company, and the company wants to find out wants to find out more wants to find out more about you. Um, one best practice as an employer and uh, as a candidate to be aware of is you should never, ever, 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 ever uh, hire someone on the first interview. Uh, you really need to to look at someone a couple different times in a couple different settings, and maybe also have a couple different people talk to them. Um, there are times where I interviewed one person and they, 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 they just, they just look great. Um, maybe take them down the hall, meet someone else and, 
then they kind of have a chance to let their hair down and the other person like what what are you talking about and, and you're dealing with a completely completely different person so you're not really going to have a good idea of that person unless you check them uh, a, a couple of different times and as a candidate you need you need to be aware of that um you know you're going to be asked the same question by multiple different people don't get frustrated uh it's Stay it's it's consistent it's, yeah you, you definitely definitely want to stay consistent um, and from the business perspective too, you know, you definitely want numerous people to speak with them. You want to bring them in maybe different times, but that doesn't mean that each interview has to be an hour out of your day. Even a 15, 20 minute interview can give you a lot of the information that you need. Oh yeah. Moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the interview process, uh, you want to be prepared to ask question, ask to answer questions and, and give specific examples, just like in your resume. So, if I say, and I'll give you an example of of of, of a horror story, um, mm-hmm. and and one of my company's uh, practices that we do, uh, someone had interviewed for a uh, international customer service position. Um, so first, first this young lady, she sat with the uh, operations manager, and it it it, it seemed okay. Uh, then I asked my question. I said, you know, uh, tell me what, what did you do uh, above and beyond to make a customer uh, happy? And uh, long of the short of it, this customer uh, worked for the airlines and helped uh, deal with uh, dogs that were traveling. And she put, and she put a hat on, on a dog when it, when it went to the owner. Um, but other than that, I said, well, do you have any other examples? And that young lady stared at me made me feel very uncomfortable and she said no um someone else interviewed her and it was the same thing she got very very frustrated um having been asked you know maybe the same question again or maybe being involved in a different scenario she made some assumptions in who she was going to talk to uh and at the end she actually got very very hostile uh, toward me so again me just being a sales manager uh, i had nothing to do with her actual role on a day-to-day basis but if i'm not comfortable we're going to talk. Uh, so just be calm, be able to give specific examples, be nice to, to everybody you talk to, the, the receptionist yeah. up front. And it's not like you guys are purposefully trying to put these people through the ringer to be mean. <laughs> okay. Well, you're not. not no, you're I'm not. not, I'm, not, not I'm, I'm kidding. You're not purposefully trying to make them angry at you, but you do need to see how they handle day-to-day stresses it's not always an easy work environment and they need to be able to keep their cool especially if they're in customer service oh yeah and and in that example when i uh, emailed the my opinions of the candidate i literally wrote down that if you hire this person i will fear for my life uh (laughs) that that this person is going to go quote unquote postal um so just Stay calm, uh, answer, you want to answer all the questions. Uh, some other common questions you might ask, uh, you might be asked in terms of sales, and then we'll kind of give some, some different examples on how you can better answer them. Uh, if someone, if someone asks you, uh, you know, to sell me this pen, uh, it's a trap. It is, it is indefinitely a trap. If I asked Sherry right now to sell me this pen, what would you say? I, you're saying that I shouldn't try to sell you that pen? Well, how would you sell it? 
You're not, you're not a salesperson. How would you sell the pen? What would you do? I would learn from my sales manager <laughs> how to sell the pen. <laughs> um, you can look up and uh, the, the guy, the, uh, the Wolf of Wall Street, he's got like a thing with Piers Morgan. He basically explains to it in a couple of seconds. If you fall into the sell this pen uh, trap, you don't want to go right into an actual data dump. So if you say, well, you know, hey, this is a really great pen. It writes really well. It's smooth. It's not that expensive. I can get your name, I can get your logo on that. No, no. The first question you would ask is say, hey, let me ask you, what would what, what do you normally use a pen for? You want to get a context mm-hmm. uh, with that. So if someone tells you to sell me this pen, uh, they don't want to see how smooth and how slick your presentation is. They want to see how you think on your feet mm-hmm. and how you ask questions. Uh, if you go into a data dump, that, that doesn't do any good. Yeah. We'll give an example of another um, real-life situation where a guy was disqualified for just not thinking. It's not always about giving the right answer. It's about thinking and trying to think through it. Um, But before we get to that, we wanted to let you guys know where you can find any show notes. Um, If we ever mention any links, we will put them... Um, in the show notes at pushpullsales.com. You can also email us at pushpullsales at gmail.com or tweet us at pushpullsales. We would love to hear any feedback, suggestions for future topics, or questions that you may have. Um, if you like what you're hearing so far, you can subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Uh, this helps us out a lot and helps new people find our podcast as well. And let your friends know about us. Um, now going back and one thing, uh, also in terms of preparation, obviously arrive on time, basic stuff, have breakfast, all, all that good stuff. <laughs> uh, should they bring you coffee? No, but, but, and again, this is another uh, horror story. You should know how to park your car. Mm-hmm. Um, and there'll be a link in the, uh, in the notes, uh, and some people, uh, who basically fantastically, uh, failed their interview. I had one gentleman um, in the middle of the uh, interview process, the owner of the company comes in to my company, uh, comes into the room, and he says, excuse me, do you, do you know how to drive? And looks right at the gentleman. He said, well, what do you mean? Um, you might want to take a look outside. I look out the window, and his car rolled back and almost hit our company vehicle. Uh, that person then spoke in the third person and uh, told me he was not interested and in not to take any of the owner's uh, crap. Other common questions... Uh, Oh, we didn't cover the other one, though. What was the other one? Um, that you asked the guy to do oh, some math. sort of math problem. I asked him what's 49 times 51. Uh, any sort of math question, um, get out your calculator if you don't know. Be honest. Get out a piece of paper and a pen or a calculator. Don't just freeze up and awkwardly try to do it in your head if you don't know how to. Oh, that person sat in silence for a solid five or ten minutes before I before I put him out of his misery. Um, make eye contact. Uh, I'm trying to think in terms of maybe trickier questions that I'll ask. Oh, uh, whatever was the hardest question you've been asking in another interview, be prepared to answer that question. And that actually just happened with a young kid. Um, I asked him, uh, what was the hardest question you've been asked in, a, in an interview? And um, he said, "Oh, um, I was. Someone told me to like to sell a pen or something like that. I was like, great. Can you sell me this pen?' 
and the kid froze. And then I asked another younger kid uh, the same thing. What's the hardest question? He says, you know what? I always ask this question. I didn't really know how to answer it. Great. Let me. Can you answer that question for me? Uh, geez. Oh, man. I don't know how to do that. If you can't learn from the last interview, um, especially if you haven't been searching for a while, um, you're not you're not you're not going to get the job other people who are better prepared are are definitely they're definitely going to get the job um now so after you go through the interview process you know things go well and then what you should definitely ask at the end what the actual next steps are um so some good questions people will ask me because i i'm not the one just answering asking the questions i'll say yeah do you have any questions for me follow up in terms of next steps you know is this is this a growth position meaning you're adding more people are you replacing personnel and that kind of gives you a, a good idea if it's someone being replaced there might be a little bit more sense of urgency or it also gives you an idea in terms of turnover for the company if it's a growth position maybe they're kind of taking their time to actually fill it um definitely uh be able to describe the position back to the person being that did Describe the position that you're applying for back to the person, and this is just one last best practice. Describe what whatever the role of the person and whatever they're going to be doing on a daily basis. Say, hey, this is what you're going to be doing on a daily basis. This is what this you're is, going... This is as the employer. This is as the employer. As the candidate, be able to answer those questions. If you have no idea what you're going to be doing on a daily basis, and I remember applying for jobs in, in sales and stuff like that, I really didn't have any idea. I just knew uh, I liked... I liked I liked sports, and the advertisement said, uh, "Hey, we're looking for sports-minded people." I didn't really have a good idea of what I'd be doing on a daily basis, so just being able to answer, "Hey, as far as I understand, I'm going to be able to do this on a daily basis, and this is what I'm going to be looking for." Um, now, in terms of the follow-up, uh, should they compliment you on the way out or ask personal questions? No, that's that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of awkward. Um, don't don't really go into the into the personal questions. And again, just assume this: if it's inappropriate for me to ask you that question, don't don't think you can ask me that question. So, an example, um, you know, I would never ask, "Hey, are you planning on having kids? Do you have a family? Anything like that? How old are you?" Don't ask me those questions. Uh, it's 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 kind of a little bit awkward. If I offer that to you, great. Um, but, but don't ask me, don't ask me how old I am. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's kind of, it's kind of weird. <laughs> um, as far as follow up, uh, should they send a thank you card, send an email? Both. Okay. I would, I would err on the side of, uh, of, of massive action. I would do more than, than what anyone else is doing to stand out. Uh, I get hundreds of emails. Your email might go to spam. If you send a, a thank you card, I'll see that. I'll I'll I'll, I'll get that. that. That that definitely that definitely gets to my desk. Um, if you do nothing, that could, it could be enough to disqualify you. Again, it's 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 kind of hard uh, to to really define the right people, um, and and really anything you can do anything you can do to stand out. Um, now, from the employer's perspective, what should the employer be doing to follow up? The employer should, if they have any sort of assessments, to use that, any sort of uh, personality assessments. We use uh, we use a service, uh, it's called the CPQ, it's a craft uh, personality systems or something along those lines. And what that does for us as a company is that really helps us uncover 
what that person is going to be best suited for and what sort of role that person is going to be best suited in. Uh, the days of, and there are some people that are able to do it, but for the most part, uh, you start off in customer service and then you uh, work your way up to lead generation and then you become a lead generation manager and then you become an inside sales rep and then you become an outside sales rep then you become a sales manager then you become a general sales manager and then you become general manager and president and CEO. It, it doesn't really happen anymore. There, there's different personality types that, that are different suited for each role. You can stretch to fill a role but only for a time when you're going to get burned out. So be prepared to, to take a personality assessment uh, and don't try to uh, game the system and, and try to do whatever is going to work. I've had candidates where they've tried to quote-unquote game it and the, the assessment is rather intuitive. It knows if you're being inconsistent and it'll, and it'll, it'll disqualify you. And a candidate, I had no other reason to disqualify other than it said, you really shouldn't hire this person. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the test itself. Uh, the, test, the test did its job. Uh, but you should have reservations and further further questions are required. And everything else looked great. Resume, interview, everything was great, but the assessment, totally bombed it. And after the interview, how long do you guys typically take to follow up? This is another one. Um, we tell everyone in terms of every step of the process. Uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like the ring, but but pretty much in, in reverse. Um, we tell them they have seven days uh, before they're going to hear back from us, uh, either a call or email. And I'm very, very specific about that. We don't leave anyone hanging. So pretty much what we tell versus, you know, seven days and, and, and <laughs> until the girl comes and gets you. Uh, you have you have seven days uh, to hear back, and if you don't hear back, keep looking. Um, you really shouldn't follow up at that point on the ninth or tenth day. It's not It's not really a trick. If they say, hey, we're looking to to fill this position within two weeks and then six weeks go by you don't hear back it's just it's just awkward for the employer thank them uh you might say hey it looks like you went a different direction i had a gentleman actually yeah the the seven days went by and he says it seems like you went you went a different direction and that's perfectly fine thank you so much um you never know what sort of circles people go in and you never know maybe another another direction um where i can where i can or where a different employer can can refer you to so that pretty much wraps everything up. Uh, what we covered today, uh, if you're an employer, what to look for, what sort of questions you might want to ask new potential employees. Uh, if you're an employee or if you're a candidate, uh, how to prepare for the interview, how to set up your resume, what sort of questions you're going to be asked, and what is the appropriate level of follow-up uh, air on the side of caution. Send the letter, send the email, don't, don't do nothing. Uh, and be prepared to take an assessment. Uh, take that honestly as an employer. I would definitely, definitely recommend using the assessment. Never, ever, ever uh, hire someone on the first of you. So use the assessment as an extra as an extra look. So that pretty much wraps everything up for the week. Thank you to bensound.com for our outro and intro music. And thanks to you guys for listening. Tune in next week where we're going to tackle another topic. And if you have any questions or feedback about today's episode, head to pushpoolsales.com. All of our info is there. Thanks. Have a good one.